The teachings of General Conference are the considerations the Lord would have before us now and in the months ahead. Our marching orders for each six months are found in the General Conference addresses. For the next six months, your conference edition of the Ensign should stand next to your standard works and be referred to frequently. I encourage you to read the talks once again and to ponder the messages contained therein. I exhort you to study the messages of this conference frequently, even repeatedly, during the next six months. You're listening to the Conference Talk Podcast, where it's conference weekend every weekend. Each weekend on this show, we discuss talks from the most recent general conference of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We'll share some insights, we make some connections, and hopefully have a bit of fun as we do so. I'm your host, Melissa Fugaza, and today we'll be discussing two talks. Elder Craig C. Christensen's talk entitled, There Can Be Nothing So Exquisite and Sweet As Was My Joy, and Elder K. Brent Natras, Have I Truly Been Forgiven. For this episode, we're going to do something a little bit different that we've never done before on Conference Talk. I have actually invited my family, the Fugazas, my husband Rob, my daughters Jada and Sophia. You guys want to say hi? We're all going to talk a little bit about our favorite um, thoughts from this, these talks, and so we hope that you have fun. But to get us started, we do want to introduce my family members because they are first-time guests. So first, we'll start with my husband, Rob. Rob, what is your very favorite memory or tradition of General Conference? Hello. Uh, I love General Conference because first, we get to do it in our pajamas, and it's fun um, to have cinnamon rolls and orange rolls, and my favorite is Giada's biscuits and gravy, and just sit down and you know, on a relaxed state and, and listen to the inspired guidance from the president and the uh, corner 12 and all the general authorities. It's uh, it's nice just to have a nice, relaxing weekend at home where you can just listen to a conference and take it all in, take notes, eat a snack, and uh, I just love general conference. Wonderful. Sophia, what do you like about general conference? Well, I like that like it that um when pe when they're like talking they are like talking about how Heavenly Father helps them in like their hard times and they tell about crazy weird stories and I like it. <laughs> do you like the crazy weird stories? Yeah. Good. Jada, what do you love about it? I love um making biscuits, that's fun. And I also like listening to the prophet and his apostles and everyone. They're really, they have great stories and I love feeling the spirit during general conference. Wonderful. I love general conference for pretty much the same reasons all of my family members have said. I love being my pajamas. My daughter Jada does make the best biscuits and gravy and it is only twice a year that I make cinnamon rolls. So that is pretty fun. I would love for you all to Join us on our Facebook page or other social media platforms and share what your favorite traditions and memories are of General Conference. We're very interested in that. Now to get started with our talks, we usually try to do a brief bio of any members of the Quorum of the 70s that speak. Most of the time it's because we don't know them very well, and so I'm going to just do a very brief bio of each one. The first one I'm going to do is Elder Craig C. Christensen. He was sustained as a General Authority 70 of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints on October 5th, 2002. At the time, he was serving as a member of the 5th Quorum of the 70 in the Utah South area. He was named area president 
in August 1st of 2018. He previously served as a member of the 70 from, or sorry, member of the presidency of the 70 from 2012 to 2018. And he worked in different areas of the church, including the Utah North, Salt Lake City, and Utah South areas. He had many awesome callings. The most notable are full-time missionary in Chile, Santiago South, president of the Mexico City East Mission, counselor in a branch presidency at the Provo Missionary Training Center, and as a bishop. He is married to his wife, Debbie Jones, and they are parents of four children. Now moving on to Elder K. Brett Natras, the other talk we will be discussing he was sustained as a General Authority 70 of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints on April 2nd, 2016. At that time, he had been serving as president of the Arizona Gilbert Mission. He served numerous callings, including full-time missionary in the California Sacramento Mission, Award Young Men President, Bishop, Stake Young Men President, Stake President, Area 70, and Mission President. He served at church headquarters as an area assistant in the Utah, Idaho, and North America central areas, and he was an assistant executive director of the missionary department. And he is currently, right now, serving in the Pacific Area Presidency. He is married to his wife, Shauna Lee Adamson, and they are parents of seven children. Okay, so that's just a brief little bio of both of our speakers. We're going to dive right into our talks. I do want to talk about Elder Christensen's talk first. This one was called, There Could Be Nothing So Exquisite and Sweet As Was My Joy. When I read through this talk, I, I've mentioned this in podcasts before. I usually like to watch the talks over again, and then I print them off and I read them and kind of pick apart and come up with the things that really jumped out at me. So there were two points in this talk that Elder Christensen shares that I really enjoyed. The first point was, he says, my desire today is to strengthen the connection between joy and repentance. So he does this in two ways in this talk, talking about joy that comes when we repent. And then the second thing is the feelings of joy we experience as we invite others to come unto Christ and receive his atoning sacrifice in their lives. So obviously this talk is about what joy is. So for me, sometimes I like to think about what a word does not mean, and it kind of helps me better understand what the word means. So for example, what is the opposite of joy? Fear, uneasiness, anxiety, dread, false hope, all those negative things that we feel in this life, right? And joy would be the opposite of those things. No fear, faith, being uh, confident, not being uneasy. So no uneasiness. We're filled with calm and peace and hope. And I think I can be bold enough in saying that all of us hope to feel those things. He goes on to say that the word joy typically means much more than a passing moment of contentment or even feelings of happy of happiness. It's a godly attribute and it's something that can sustain for eternity. It's not just something that's temporary like pleasures or things like that of the world. We were created to have joy because we live in this fallen world enduring joy. He talks about things that bring joy and obviously um, the precious blood of Jesus Christ, the atonement, is what makes us makes it possible for us to feel joy. So to bring my family into this, I wanted to ask them what brings joy in their life. So to get us started, let's have Jada. Jada is my 13-year-old daughter. Jada, what brings joy to your life? 
Um, Jesus Christ, um, because he atoned for all of us, and that really gives me joy because he's awesome. Okay. Rob, what about you? What brings joy in your life? So I see joy as a deep sense of hope that brings a sense of calmness as well to me. And, uh, and it's really rooted in the faith of Jesus Christ. So that deep sense of calm and hope comes despite of suffering in life. I think that's interesting. And then obviously eternal happiness and joy, uh, we, we'll, we won't have the same type of suffering as we, enjoy, we, we experience in this life. But the two things that I really boil down to me that brings me joy in this life is my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and my family. And I really believe that those are interconnected, uh, knowing that because of Jesus Christ, I can be together forever with my family and gives me a sense of purpose and higher calling as well in life, as well as just not my immediate family, but my, you know, my dad who passed away and all of my grandparents that I was really close with and knowing that I can be with them again after this life that gives me an incredible sense of joy happiness and and uh and hope in this life so it, it all boils down to faith to my faith and to my family those are the things that bring the most joy very good what about you sophia what brings joy to your life um my stuff is um my family and jesus and heavenly father i love it those are all wonderful things so for me joy in my life is obviously my family and my relationship with Jesus Christ and Heavenly Father and having the gospel in my life and knowing the plan of salvation, knowing what our purpose is here on the earth, that brings me so much joy. Knowing that what we have here on this earth is temporary in the sense that we can we will be able to receive further joy in the life and lives to come with our loved ones if we are obedient. So I love how Elder Christensen goes on to explain that joy comes through sincere repentance. He actually quotes saying, repentance is the pathway to joy. So he goes on down a little bit in his talk. He talks about Alma in the Book of Mormon, and this is Alma the Younger. And if you are very familiar with the story, Alma the Younger was a very wicked, naughty man. And he did very horrible things. And it took an angel appearing to him and for him to be pretty much rendered physically useless for a few days for him to have his moment of repentance. He talked about in his experience in the Book of Mormon, he said he was racked with eternal torment and his soul was harrowed up because of his sins. But then he remembered what his father, Alma, taught him about Jesus Christ. And once he remembered that, he turned to the Savior for mercy, and then he could remember his pains no more. And oh, what joy, he declared, and what marvelous light I did behold. Yea, there can be nothing so exquisite and sweet as was my joy. And that is why this talk has the title that it has. It is inspired by Alma the Younger. Repentance opens our access to the power of the atonement of Jesus Christ. That's what President Russell M. Nelson says. When we choose to repent, we choose to change. We allow the Savior to transform us into the best version of ourselves. We choose to grow spiritually and receive joy. So to be filled with the Holy Ghost means to be filled with joy. What does being filled with joy feel like? What do you guys think? What does it feel like to be filled with joy? 
Think about the things that you just said brought you joy. How does joy feel? How is a good way of explaining it? Jada, what do you think? You kind of feel like, like this, like this huge balloon of joy, like you're elated. Joy. Okay. So it fills you up? Yeah, it fills you up. Okay. What about you, Sophie? What do you think joy feels like? You could describe it. I just feel like it's a warming thing in your heart when, like, you feel like when you're, like, happy and stuff, like, when you won, like, a championship or, like, when you won the Olympics or something. That's what joy is. Joy is where, like, you are very happy that you, like, practically jump up and join us. Okay. What about you, Rob? I associate joy with uh, just the feeling of uh, peace in life and uh, and hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, the way it feels to me, it's really a peaceful thing. And, and it doesn't ma- doesn't really mean that uh, there's no problems or tribulations and trials in life, because those are always going to be there. There's always opposition in all things, but it's a deep sense of calm in the middle of the storm. I think that's uh, that's a good way to put it. It's it's like the Savior when he was uh, sleeping on a boat, and the disciples were uh, just about losing it because they thought they were going to perish, and they wake up the Master and say, "Cares thou not that we perish?" And they and the Savior was calm in the middle of the storm. So the there's a there's a you know without naming names, there's a podcast that I listened to it, and uh, one of the things that I heard that was interesting is uh you know be be the calm guy in the middle of the storm you know be be that guy that can weather the storm and it can have a sense of purpose and know that things are going to be okay that to me that is joy okay wonderful so moving on to the second talk is by elder k brent natris have i truly been forgiven and the reason i want to move on to this a little bit we will go back to elder christensen's talk in a minute but i love this because we're talking about joy and that it comes through sincere repentance. And Elder Natris gives this beautiful story at the beginning of his talk about a young man who was born and raised in the gospel, but over time he slipped away and did some truly difficult, hard things. And he got really associated with some rough stuff, but because of his younger brother who was going to serve a mission and a testimony that he gave this young man felt something different he felt the love of the lord and he finally had this little bit of hope that he could be forgiven that he could repent and that he could change and so after that the desire came for him to change and he was able to repent and to summarize it's a beautiful story but to summarize it he was able to go forth and serve a mission and when he came home from his mission he asked his his old bishop or I, i'm assuming it was elder natris he asked elder natris the very question can i really be forgiven and do you really feel like i am forgiven and i just that made me so sad thinking that this young man had repented of his sins he had been forgiven from the lord and yet even after serving a mission and going on to do other good things and he was a phenomenal missionary according to his mission president he still didn't know if that if he could truly be forgiven um and so he needed to do some things he needed to make some changes and and take some extra steps 
So the first step of his repentance was he felt the love of the Lord. That helped him to have hope. Then he remembered who it was that made repentance possible, which is Jesus Christ. This is exactly like Alma the Younger's experience. And Alma's joy was the same joy that he, this young man, had been searching for. Then after this, after repenting, after going through all the things he did, he needed to trust in the Lord that he was truly forgiven. And then this is the hardest part, I think, for everyone is that he had to forgive himself. And Elder Natris is helping him or had helped him through this process. And so it kind of brought to my mind a question that I want to ask my family about this is how can we help others to repent? Obviously, how can, how do you feel when you have truly been forgiven after repenting? Let's talk about how we feel when we've truly been forgiven. I know for me, I feel lighter. I feel happier. I feel more hopeful. I feel peace. And I'm assuming this all culminates to feeling joy. Jada, what do you feel? I feel amazing. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm starting like a whole new page and chapter in my life, like a new, which basically I am like, just feel like a whole new person. It's awesome. Okay, wonderful. What about you, Sophia? I feel really good when I repent because I know that I'm actually forgiven from all my sins that I've done. So I'm really happy when I um, try to repent and stuff. Wonderful. And how about you, Rob? I feel really, truly like a weight was lifted off my shoulders. So that, and uh, what comes along with that is a deep sense of... Uh, joy and like we talk about it and just a minute ago closeness to habit and uh a deeper and stronger connection with the lord and savior jesus christ so it's literally when you're when you sin you what you're doing you um, you're acting in opposition to what god's will is for you right what god expects you to choose so you basically have your back to the savior and when you repent you turn back to him the one of the descriptions of repentance is turning back to the savior and uh, and and you forge that stronger connection with the with the savior and lord jesus christ that's that's how i feel so obviously these are all amazing feelings and things that we all hope hope for and feel when we make mistakes the last step that elder natris talks about for this young man and it is the next part that we, I want to talk about is after this young man has been repenting and been forgiven and he feels hope and he's able to forgive himself, he has all of a sudden this sincere desire to serve the Lord. And this is what leads him to go on a mission and, and I'm sure continuing to serve the Lord throughout the rest of his life in several different ways. So I know I've served a mission. My husband served a mission. But even if you haven't served a full-time proselyting mission, we have the calling as disciples of Jesus Christ to help others come unto Christ. And in that sense, we are asked and commanded to help others repent, which literally means to turn to Christ. So my question now is, how can we help others to repent? Obviously, Elder Natris was pivotal in helping this young man repent. And he was there to give him guidance and counsel and encouragement when he probably had his low moments and he was able to overcome. 
and repent and go on a mission. So how can we help others repent? Sophie, what do you think? Well, I just try to teach them how you need to repent. And if they don't know about church and stuff or about Heavenly Father's salvation and stuff and when he's coming back, I would like to teach them that so that they know that they can repent from all their sins that they know that they did something bad. Okay. What about you, Rob? I truly believe that how we can help others repent is to bring them to Christ, challenge those around us to live the gospel, invite them to come to Christ. And as they feel the Spirit, they will be taught from the Spirit, from on high, what it is that they need to do or stop doing to be able to follow Jesus Christ fully. And I have an, an example, um, if that's okay for me to share, back on a mission that it's truly uh, illustrates the what I'm trying to, tell, to talk about here. So I remember back when I was a missionary a long time ago, we had six discussions. We had to memorize them all. We had to normally go in, in sequence. The first one was just talking very broadly about who Heavenly Father is, who Jesus Christ is. And we, we shared the first vision and, uh, and talk a little bit about that. And I remember teaching the, this first discussion with a companion of mine to this, uh, to this man. And at the end, we always asked them, you know, how do you feel? And, and to recognize the Spirit and teach them that the, those feelings are coming from the Spirit, testifying the truth, truthfulness of uh, what we had just taught him. And when we look into this man and ask him, so how did you feel uh, after hearing this? And that man looked at us and said, I feel great. I need to stop smoking. Interesting, we never spoke about the word of wisdom. We never spoke about tobacco and any of that. We're just talking about Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ, the first vision, and the character of uh, Heavenly Father and the Savior, Jesus Christ. And the Spirit taught this man what it is that he needed to do at that specific moment and time to fall, to fully follow Jesus Christ. And for him, was to stop smoking. And he just felt the Spirit telling him, you need to stop smoking. So that's Truly how I feel about general conference as well. Oftentimes, the lesson that is taught to me is coming from the Spirit because the words of Christ are spoken during conference and that invites the Spirit. And then we can learn from the Spirit beyond the words that are being said, what it is that you personally need to do to follow Jesus Christ and how you can repent fully and turn to Him. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. Okay, we're going to head back to Elder Christensen's talk because it really ties in so perfectly with Elder Natrice's in the way that helping others repent is what brings us joy. So that's truly a paradox there is to, in order to feel joy for ourselves, we need to help others feel joy. And what he says here is after we have felt the joy that comes from sincere repentance, we quite naturally want to share that joy with others. And as we do that, our joy multiplies. So the best way to feel joy in this life is to share the gospel with others. And that is helping others to repent and come under Christ, right? It says helping others repent is a natural expression of our gratitude toward the Savior. And it is a source of great joy. As the Lord says, if it so be that you should bring, save it be one soul unto me, how great shall be your joy with him in the kingdom of my father. And now if your joy will be great with one soul that you have brought unto me, how great will be your joy if you should bring many souls unto me. I think that's so beautiful. First, we are to bring our own souls to, the, to Christ. And then as we bring our own souls to Christ and feel that joy, we turn to help others do the same so that they can feel joy. So let's see. I think I have another 
question from my family that I like going back to Elder Natris's talk. He says, after performing obviously all the steps of repentance, the next thing is to just move forward and to continue on the covenant path, as President Nelson said. So what are some ways that we can move forward? Um, how did it go? I said, what are some ways to remember how to move forward and forgive once and forgive us once we've repented and been forgiven by the Lord? I don't know about you, but I think it's harder to forgive myself than it is to forgive someone else or to accept, I guess, to accept that the Lord really could forgive me. So how can we do that? What are some ways to do it? Um, Jada, what do you think? Like what mom said, you have to, you know, try and forgive yourself and try and forget about it and move forward. But like, yeah, just move forward. Okay. So learning how to put your past behind you in a way. Yeah. yeah. And just moving on. Yeah. I like that. Sophia, what do you think? Well, I always try and forgive everyone when they're like wanting to be forgiven. I always like understand that they want to be repented and forgiven, so I always try to tell them that like I forgive you and stuff. I don't want them to feel like they they don't need to repent. Okay, Rob, what do you think? So moving forward, um, <clears throat> some of the things that we need to do uh, once we are forgiven, uh, and repentance is something that we need to do daily in our lives. We all need it. Um, and it's interesting because it's something that everybody kind of looks at it grudgingly, but it really truly brings joy and happiness once you, you know, the feelings that we described earlier, having the weight lifted off your shoulders or whatnot. One of the important things is just not entertain those thoughts or defeat or, you know, try to linger on a transgression uh, uh, after you've been forgiven. Those thoughts come from the, the enemy, right? Come from the devil. So Moroni uh, taught us a lesson that he learned from his father, Moron, and uh, he said that that which is evil cometh of the devil, for the devil is an enemy unto God and fighteth against him continually, invited and enticed to sin and to do which is evil continually. So to continue to just linger on, on those thoughts and the sin that you've been forgiven already, that you repented for, that's straight up coming from the devil. It, it says that he is the one that entices us to do evil continually. But recognize also that those things which are good are of God because God invited invites us and entices us to do good continually. And entices us to good, to do good and to love God and to serve Him. All those things are inspired of Him. So, um, once we are forgiven, we need to move forward and uh, have faith and hope in Christ. That really put it to test the the, the atonement of Jesus Christ is real. He, uh, Jesus Christ, did perform the atonement for us, and we can be forgiven. And once we are forgiven, move forward. Thank you. I love that. Moving forward and putting our past behind us is key to fully feeling and embracing joy. I want to end this podcast episode with some final thoughts um, from Elder Natris's talk. At the very end, he said, Jesus Christ's promise is eternal. He will heal us. To those who have strayed from the covenant path, please know there is always hope, there is always healing, and there is always a way back.
Brothers and sisters, let us remember to seek him, to love him, and to always remember him. I love that so much. I love the testimony of both of these men in these talks. They were so good, and I love how they dovetailed into each other about repentance and joy and forgiveness. All beautiful, wonderful reminders for each and every one of us in this life. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Conference Talk Podcast. This episode, we discussed both Elder K. Brent Natrus's and Elder Christensen's talks. If you enjoyed this episode, give us a five-star rating. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and everywhere you get podcasts. You can find links to all our podcast platforms on our website, conferencetalk.org. Conferencetalk.org is also where you can follow us on social media. Drop us a comment, check out the show notes, find the resources we mentioned in the episodes, and learn more about us, your hosts. If you want to follow me, uh, just be my friend on Facebook. I am just on there as an individual. Big thanks to my family, the Fugazas, for joining us today. And while we always appreciate new followers, it's better to follow the prophet and the apostles themselves. And remember, although we love speaking about the church and our leaders, we do not speak for them. Everything said on this podcast represents our own personal opinions. Join us next week for some more personal opinions on Conference Talk Podcast. Bye. See ya.